Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Let's do this. Uh, we love the Bible around here. We believe it's true. And so we like to go to it and read it. So uh, it is uh, the book of Luke, chapter 23, that we'll go to today. Luke 23. And as you turn there, I don't know if you can uh, multitask or not. Uh, um, if, if you can, if you are a father, I want you to remain seated today. But I want every other person in the room who's not a daddy to stand to your feet and honor every father in this room right now. Let them know that you're glad that they're here today, that you love and appreciate. That's awesome. That is awesome. That is so awesome. Thank you guys for being here. We, and again, happy Father's Day to you. We're going to be giving away uh, a uh, gift to each father, every father that's here. I've uh, got a gift for you today I want you to take, and uh, it's, a, um, it's a knife. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, just, uh, just every father needs a knife, and if you have plenty, you need another one. And uh, if you don't have any, you need one, and uh, it is just something that's necessary. So, uh, pardon. And if you're a big knife collector, put it back, give it to any kids. Uh, so, and they're also going to have some giveaways from Academy Sports. It's just going to be a good time. But, uh, but I'm gonna, we're going to give you something else far better than anything else. We're going to give the Word of God to you today, free of charge, and it's in Luke chapter 20. 23, and we're going to start at verse 32, and we're going to read through 43. This is probably a little more lit through passage than, than what we have been looking at, because uh, we have been looking at just three words each week, but, uh, so this is probably a little more lengthier, but stay with me. Uh, before we read it, just a quick backstory uh, of where this has taken place. This is uh, Jesus, who's madly, madly, madly in love with you. Uh, hanging on a cross for you. So get this in your mind. Understand where this is happening. This is not one of those, he's just on a hillside in a robe and flowing and, and, and the sun setting beautifully behind him. It's not one of those and that we see sometimes. It's not one of those pictures, one of those Sunday school pictures or things. This is, this is Jesus on a cross. This is Jesus after being beaten and broken and bruised and, uh, and, and getting ready to surrender everything, his spirit and his life, for us. So as we read this today, uh, let's read it with that understanding of what's taking place. As you hear these words, uh, I believe they'll probably mean maybe just even a little bit more. But verse 32 says this. It says, there were also two other criminals that were led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, in red letter, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were uh, blaspheming him saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked uh, rebuked him saying, Do not even fear God, seeing you're under the same condemnation. And we indeed justly, 
for the receive the due reward to our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today you will be with me in paradise. We're going to look at three words today, and those three words are, Father, forgive them. And I want you to just, if you would, just bow your heads and pray with me and join me in talking to the greatest daddy in the whole world, our Father above. God, we come to you today and thanking that you're a good father and that you love us. And, Lord, I'm thanking you today, God, for your son Jesus who did this for us, who got on the cross and took our place and took our sin and took our shame and our failure and our folly and took that to the cross. So, Lord, today, God, we just come to you humbly, and we thank you, Lord, today that, Lord, we can speak today and we can spend time around your word. And, God, I thank you, Lord, for taking the ultimate price for us. God, I just thank you, Lord, today for each person that's in the room. We honor fathers, and, Lord, I speak special blessings upon them. But, Lord, I thank you for each person who's here. God, you ordained this. You set this up. And, Lord, we know there's no accidents in your kingdom, God. So we thank you that each person is here today to hear the good news of a loving God. So we just give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. High five, fist bump about three people and say, Happy Father's Day. It's just a good day. We, um, we're in this series called Three Words, and if you, if you haven't been able to make it to each of those services, go online, go to our tunes, go to our website, listen to those uh, messages, get God's Word in you. Uh, just there's so much power in His Word. Even last week, we learned that those three words were, it is written. And uh, that is the greatest thing that, again, he's given us is his word. It's our greatest weapon. And we use it and we speak it. And we don't go around saying, well, I think or I, I believe or I know. We can share God's word and we can speak it forth. And he gave us that word. So we use it. So uh, take and walk that out. So, uh, but today's word, and uh, it is three powerful, powerful, powerful words of Scripture. And, again, spoken by today by our, our Lord. And uh, if he's not your Lord, I believe today he wants to become your Lord and, uh, and save you and, and bring you into a part of a family called the family of God. That's his plan. And you can have the greatest father in the whole world. And uh, so I hope that it, you get to encounter that today. But Jesus said this. He said, it is written. Now, uh, he said, it, he said, Father, forgive them. And he said, he said this uh, as a way that's probably a little bit different than some of the other ways because I believe he was saying this as a prayer. You would will, you will find throughout Scripture him learning and teaching his disciples how to pray, and he would say things that when we come, we say our Father. And so I think you're seeing here in Scripture, and we're getting ready to even back that up, that we're, we're seeing our Lord come and pray for those who are there. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm thankful Jesus prays for me. I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful that I have a father who does, who does pray for me, and I have a mother. They pray for me, and they love me, but I'm thankful that Jesus prays for me. And this is, this is something that was spoken of by a prophet named Isaiah years before when he said that Jesus would do this, that he would be interceding for his transgressors. Okay, so we're looking at this and seeing that this is a completely different picture now of what's taking place, not just him speaking, but him talking in prayer to his Father. And we see that Jesus is interceding for us. That means he's coming in on our behalf. 
And that still is taking place today. That still is happening even now. And the scripture says in, in Romans chapter uh, 8, verse 32 through 34, and this is the Message Bible, uh, that uh, we see some powerful words here that are being spoken. It says, if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And, and who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Verse 34 says that who would dare even point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Wow. Come on, just think for a second. This, I mean, this is not awesome. I mean, just this is cool. I mean, that we have this one who not only gave everything, gave his, his life for us, got up upon a cross for us, and he surrendered it all. He did this for us. He was sticking up for us. And we see in 34 says this, who would dare even point a finger that he was in this very moment sticking up for us. That means this is what's taking place. Jesus is right now on the right hand of the Father interceding for you. That's going to probably tell me right now if you've been running from God why you're miserable. Because there's a loving God who's interceding for you. This is probably why when things aren't working out like you was hoping they was working out when you tried it on your own because there's a loving God who's interceding for you. And we see this character of God begin to be fulfilled and the picture of Christ and his love for us throughout Scripture. And we see it even as we study things like Revelation where we see all of these things that begin to take place in the book of Revelation or things that God is doing to get the attention of those that he loves to try before everything that he can within him to get them to him before it's too late. You see this throughout Scripture. You see this even until the very end. And we see this in the, in the loving God of our Father. And this is one of those verses where it is just amazing to think that in the shame, in the beating, in the, all the stuff and all the struggles, everything that he's taken for us, he's still praying for us. Now, Charles Spurgeon, who... Just bad, dude. He just wrote stuff, man. And it's just amazing some of the things that he would say and how he would pen stuff. And it's, he used big words, and I struggle with understanding and even pronouncing some of them. But, but it, it is amazing to think, and, and it is a beautiful picture of something that he wrote when he talked about what Jesus was doing for us. And he says this. He says that this was not a prayer for enemies who had done him an ill deed years before, but for those who were there and then murdering him. Not in cold blood did the Savior pray after he had forgotten the injury and could the more easily forgive it. But while the first red drops of blood were spurting on the hands which drove the nails, while yet the hammer was bestained with crimson gore, his blessed mouth poured out the fresh warm prayer, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. That's a loving father. And it's easy. Uh, we're going to 
I look for a moment at a couple of words, or three actually, and, and it seems like so many times that it's easier once you kind of get able, you're able to settle back and pull in and, and kind of forget a little bit, but just think about your worst and the most difficult thing that ever happened to you. Imagine forgiving them right in the midst of all these things. This is what Jesus does for us. And he speaks three words today that we're going to just unpack for a few moments and look at. He speaks three words that I'm thankful that he said on my behalf. And he said this. He said, Father, forgive them. Now, that first word is pretty clear. It's the word Father. And, uh, and, and this is Father's Day, and, and I love it. And if you get on social media right now, it, it's, it's a very cool thing to see all the honor that's given. And I believe you should give honor who honors due. And, and so it is just neat. And, and you look at you can pull up the Facebook, and you're seeing all these profile pictures that have been changed today. And you see all these beautiful captions that are, that are spoken. And, and what I love is that every child believes this and, and who, who's posted these things. They're saying, man, I had the best dad ever. He did this, and I had the best best dad ever. My dad was awesome, and, and my dad was this, and, and I had the best father. He's the best dad. He's also, oh, and it's just very cool. But you know something? Somebody's lying. It's, it has to be. And I'm, I'm Seriously, am I right? Somebody has to be lying, because every dad can't be the best. Now, I just, I mean, I personally believe that I probably have the best dad in the whole world, and, and, and just he is to me, but, but it's amazing. You see this so many times, and we're honoring today. We're taking time, and we're saying to the fathers, thank you, and we appreciate you, and we do honor you, but somebody's lying. Unless this, ultimately, they've come into and accepted the loving grace of a God and accepted him as their father. Now, uh, I, I share this story often because it, 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 it was special to me. It's one of the special moments in my life that, that when we were youth pastors, we were doing a, a, a mission trip, and we were in the inner cities of Atlanta. And there in the inner cities of Atlanta, we were up underneath bridge. Uh, the bridge is there. We were feeding homeless, and it was about 1230 one morning. And we were talking, and we were sharing. And as we were sitting around, there was a homeless gentleman there who we kind of connected with. And during our time of connection, we just begin to talk and, and just, uh, just, just hang out and just begin to talk. And he looks and he says something to me. And he says, you know something? He said, we're brothers. And I, I stopped and it was, again, this guy was ministering to me and we was there to minister to him. And that's usually what happens when you try to minister. God will end up ministering to you. So put yourself out there, make yourself available, let him use you and flow through you and watch what happens and comes back to you. And so this is what happened here. We were sitting there and uh, he made this statement and I looked down at his skin color and I looked down at my skin color and they were different. I looked at his situation and my situation and they were completely different. I looked at his last name, my last name, it, it completely different. But he made a statement and he said, you know something, man, me and you are brothers. And he said, it's because we have the same daddy. I fell over right there, you know, just, I mean, wow. And just, just hit me to think about this. And so now I just begin to understand that we are a part of, if you've entered into this thing called the family of God, and we have this same father, and it's just amazing. And you can say this. You can say if you've accepted Jesus and if you've accepted the love and grace of this father above that you have the best dad in the whole world. 
And you can say this about your earthly father. If he's one of those that tried, you can say, man, my dad has always tried to be the best dad in the whole world. And he's tried that. But when we think about this father, I want you to think about this loving father because here's the truth that some of us, when that word is spoken, father, different thoughts can come to your mind. Maybe for some of us, we, you're unable to put the pictures up. For, for, some, for some of you, may, you may be unable to say, man, my dad loved me and he did this for me. For some of us, it's a sad situation that some dads have walked away from you. And this is what happens sometimes in our life and so many situations that shape us and, and mold us and, and shape our thinking. We see an earthly father who may or may not have got it right. And then we somehow relate this and think this is how fathers work. I want you to understand when he is daddy and when he is father, it doesn't matter how good or how bad your situation has ever been. You can come in and be adopted into a new family. And you can have a new daddy. And you can have one that will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will love you to the end. And that is the God that we serve. And that is Father. And this is who Jesus was speaking to. And we know, and it'd be very difficult to kind of, I don't know, kind of explain this. And the Trinity is one of those things that's hard to understand that this God is, is a father and he's a son and he's a spirit. And he's all these three things in one. But we do know that this is the God that we serve today who is sitting on this throne and this Jesus speaking to him and calls him by name and speaks to him and calls him father. We know that is the case here, and we see this taking place. But he also says this, that the Father and him are one. He says the Father and him are one. He said he and I are one. As a matter of fact, this was one of the very reasons that he was up on the cross, because he made statements and said things that people didn't appreciate. When he come in and messed up their little bubbles and their little worlds and their little situations, and he began to say things. For uh, John chapter 5, verse 18 says this. It says, Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. What? Jesus said this. He got up there and said and made these statements that he and the Father, the one, he began to speak things that he's the Son of God. He is this Son. He is this Son of this God, living God. That's just a way. It's amazing to think about. He made statements like there and got put on the cross because of it. But only he could say that and be true until now. This is good news. The word tells us that if, if the son gave his life, that now, beloved, we can all become sons and daughters of God. Now, here's the, here's the deal. Whether or not your physical father is alive today, you can have a living God who will never die. You can have him as your father today, and we can be adopted in and brought into this family. So here's my question. The word is father, but the question is this, is he your father? Is he your father? You know. You know if, if you're his child. You, you know that if you're in a relationship with him and, and if, if, if you ever had a father who would hold your hand or remember those things and they were singing that song earlier about that, him taking your hand, I just begin to think about those times. And just if you had that, and or even if you didn't, today you can have a relationship and he can be your father and you can reach up and he can hold your hand. How cool is that? My daddy can whip your daddy. I mean, that's my daddy. He is amazing. He is awesome. And this father who is on this throne, who we can have this relationship with, and who is also on the cross at the same time as son, he speaks another word, and he says this, forgive. 
Father, forgive. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says this, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive uh, men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow. This is um, outside of the word love and outside of the word grace, what we know what love is. This is probably one of the most important words that we can ever learn and understand in Scripture. It's the word called forgiveness. And if we see how big this is, and, uh, and even that you see his picture painted, Jesus is praying for his enemies, and he's asking forgiveness for the enemies who were in that moment taking him out and, and beating him and destroying his life. He's still asking forgiveness for those guys. Now, let's just be honest. Be real. Now, th- th- you can. This is one of those churches where you, you be, be, be honest, be straight up. I know some places you got to go in and act like you got it together. Uh, but this is one of those places you can be real. Be honest. Is this a struggle for you? You don't have to stand up and raise your hand. You don't have to do that. But just be honest. Now, it's hard enough to, to pray for and bless those that you do love. Seriously. I mean, I mean, it's just difficult and it's hard. It's hard enough to do that to them when things are coming against you and things aren't going your way. Who's ever been sick? Just raise your hand. Just for a minute. Just get a see, you know. If you're not, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, but uh, that, that is cool. But just think for a moment. When you're sick, or for me, it's just me, maybe it's my experience, but when you're sick, and, and you're in the bedroom, and, and you're struggling, and you feel like junk, and you're making a little trip to the bathrooms, and, and you're in a struggle, and you're in this place, and the door's closed because, you know, they're trying to keep you quarantined. This happened last time I got, I got sick. Wife locked me in the bedroom, wouldn't let me out. She, and uh, just every now and then would sit stuff at the door and, and text me. I was sitting outside. You know, it was just bad. It wasn't that bad. It was pretty rough, though. But she, made, she quarantined me. But just think for a moment. This is the people that you love. And that, that are good to you. Seriously, who, don't raise your hand. But who struggled with this? You've been in the bed and you're sitting there and you're sick and you feel like junk and you hear them out there laughing. Watching Netflix. Watching, sorry. Time to eat, y'all. Come on. Eating when I'm up here throwing. Yeah, but, where's my iPad? Bring that spot. Yeah, my, yeah. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Somebody says that's true. Seriously, these are the people that you love. Imagine the people that you don't love as much. And you see in this, but this is what he's saying in this picture. And let me tell you what is amazing that we see in Jesus this extreme injustice given a string forgiveness. And you're seeing this love here and this grace here. And this is what Jesus says to do for us. Ephesians 4, uh, 32 says this. He says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. But, Pastor, you know, they, they did this to me, and they, they said this about me, and this happened here. Listen, I don't believe if we're here, this didn't happen to you. None of you got put on a cross. None of you got nailed to a tree. But they made that post on Facebook, and I know it's pointed to me. Uh-huh. They didn't have to tag me in it. I knew what they was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Putting that, put, I can't. It's funny, but it's true. Uh, 
But today, again, he's saying forgiveness. Someone ask a question. Each word is going to be followed by a question today. First of all, Father, is he your father? Second of all, forgiveness. And I'm going to ask you the question, who is he calling you to forgive? Wow. Who is he calling you to forgive? Who, who is he saying that you need to release of their debt towards you? Now, I've, I've taught series, and one of the things that just the Lord's been showing me, each of these messages will probably be series one day because there's so much to be said in each, each one. It's just amazing. But, but we've talked about this. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you allow certain people to come back and give them just full access. I mean, that's a whole other story. But listen, you have to come to a place. If someone has wronged you, you have to release them of their debt. And Jesus said, forgive us freely as you've been forgiven. Forgiven. Forgive. Third one is this. This is a fun one. He says, Father, forgive them. Now, excuse my grammar, but I, who is them? Is that correct? Who is them? Who are they? Whatever it is. But who is the them? Uh, we, we can very easily say this when we read this, this story. We can look at the scriptures and say, well, this is the one that drove the nails. This is the ones who sat out there and pointed and, and talked about him. And these are the ones who spoke things and said, come down off the cross. And these are the ones who slapped him. These are the ones who pulled the beard. And these are the ones who does that. You know, that's really easy to start saying them. It's real, it's real easy to start using the words, and I don't know about you, but it's real easy to start focusing and start pointing out and seeing the faults of others. You know, I'd say, man, I know the Lord's dealing with you right now. But it's very easy. Matter of fact, he tells us in Scripture things that to prepare us and to help us see that those are actually the situations that happen. And he even says that we're able to do this. We're able to somehow miraculously, by the gifts and by the power of God and him opening up our eyes and giving us 20-20 vision, we're able to see this. We're able to see the speck in somebody else's eye. And forget that. we got a plank in ours. Now, I thought about just coming up here and just wiping the stage out and just messing everything, but I'm too OCD and I'm too cheap to have to buy something else in case I break it. And uh, just, I just, I don't ever want to do that. But, but just for a moment, how do we do this? How do we, or how are we able to do this, especially with what's in our eye? How are we able to point this out? And how are we able to look at and say, oh, oh, yeah, across the room right now. I know what your struggle, I know what your struggle is. And all the while we have this going on in our situation. All the while we have this, this plank in ours and, and we, we, we have these things that our struggles and our issue, but yet we don't want to get honest and be real and just tell the truth that we are the them. Now, just I want, I'm pausing because I want you to I want this to settle for a minute. Jesus is the only one who can make a statement like that and not include himself. He's the only one. Jesus is the only one who can get up and say, "Father, forgive them," and not have to be a part of the scenario, because he's the only one who had no sin. 
He is the only one who never failed. He's the only one who never missed it. He's the only one who never dropped the ball. And that's who it took for us. And this is why he had to do this. This is why he came and he was without sin. And the scripture says that he became the sin for us. And so this God that we love today and that we have this relationship today, he gets up and he speaks these words. And he says, Father, forgive them. And we have to understand today that the them is me. And the them is you. Well, no, Pastor, I've been in church for 47 years, and I helped found three churches, and I did this, and my name is on a roll somewhere. Listen to me. We're suffering and dying, and we'll be separated eternally from him unless Jesus is the Lord of our life, unless he's Father, unless we come in and realize and recognize that it was us. It was us who held the hammer and who nailed the nail. Now, there's been great debate. There's been great wars that have been fought, and there's been great struggles that have been said. Who did it? Was it the Romans? Was it the Jews? Was it the Greeks? Was it this? Was it that? And it, you know who it was? It was me. And when he spoke words, Father, forgive them, he was talking about you. Why is it so important? Because it's very easy to separate yourself from those things. It's very easy to look at the speck and miss the plank. And sometimes what happens is things hanging out of our eye. And, and as we walk around, as we're doing life, we see so much mess up. Now, we know that there's an enemy and a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We spoke restoration for months, and, and we believe in restoration of God, and that's why we need him even more desperately. But a lot of times, the things that may be going on in our life, and because of the chaos and the turmoil that's going on, and all the things that are, situ- that are falling apart, we're saying, man, why is God doing this to me? Maybe there's this, this situation. There's this thing hanging out of our eye. And maybe that every turn we make, we're knocking something else down, and we're screwing something else up, and we're messing something else up. And then sometimes we have to come to the place that will say, wait a minute. Jesus did that for me. I'm them. I'm them. It was me who did it. And this is what Jesus does. He takes our sins and in the plank and all the junk. If we'll lay it and we'll just lay it at his feet, this is what Jesus did. He took it and nailed it to a cross. And here's the truth in this room right now. So many times, so many times, we're looking at situations, looking at things, and we're saying, why is this going on? And all Jesus wants you to do is this. Lay every bit of junk, every bit of mess, lay it down, lay it at the cross, lay it at his feet, and remember that he took it for you. Here's a question today. Will we, will we be like the centurion? One of the soldiers who had that blood stain probably still on his hands. One of the soldiers that was probably still probably still physically maybe weak from carrying him and laying him down and beating him and doing all these things to Jesus. 
Scripture says that after Jesus surrendered his life, and he finally laid everything out. And he said, I'm going to give my spirit over to you, Father. He said that name again. And when he surrendered and let everything go, Scripture says in verse 47 of our text, he says that when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous the other translations I like probably a little bit better. And he says this. He says, certainly he is the son of God. And every claim that Jesus made about himself was true. And this was a picture, I believe, of the gospel. I believe this is a picture of what everything hinges and rests upon. When he speaks those words, Father, forgive them. I believe that centurion did this. He had this a position. He had this, he's probably some wealth that come along from being in the hierarchy and, and, and being a part of this elite group because someone like Jesus, only the best came in and beat him. But scripture says he did this after seeing what Jesus had done for him, after seeing the power that was demonstrated there on the cross that day. He says that he came and he says this, certainly he is the son of God. We go through Scripture and we can read and we see the, the, the Bible just tell us and help us understand and help just be fulfilled through so many different things. But one of the greatest is in 1 John 1, 9, and it says this. It says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what a centurion did that day. I don't, we, we don't have, again, this, we know that the Bible can no way contain. There would be so thick, it would be so big if we understood all that took place. I don't know the rest of the story. But I know this, that centurion came to a place and he came and he understood and he recognized and he surrendered. And he says, certainly he is the son of God. And it's a picture today of us coming in and surrendering and doing this, accepting the good news of Jesus, accepting the cross, accepting that he did that for us, honestly saying that I'm them. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. If Christ came in, and if you confessed and you surrendered and you said these things, you know, you know something? We, we talked about this with just Caleb, our, our nine-year-old, yesterday. He forgives you. And he forgets. What? We begin to talk and Caleb's beginning to say some things. And, well, you know, how does he do that? And it just, it's, again, it's hard to understand and wrap your mind. But this is why Jesus had to come for us. And I want you to do this. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to ask you this last question. Is he your father? Who's he calling you to forgive? And has God forgiven you? Well, yes, Pastor. You... You heard this text. You you heard the, what that what Jesus is doing, and that He's given His life. And you and we somehow can just sometimes want to just loop ourselves in and just say like, well, we have this automatic entrance into because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's not true. It's not true. Scripture says if you confess your sin to Him, 
if we confess him as our Lord, if we surrender to him. And I don't, I don't know, I can't think of a better day than Father's Day. No better day, this is just a, no greater day than just have this happen. Then if he is not your father, not your daddy, today to allow him to adopt you in. And this is what he does. He gives you his name. We adopted our youngest. And when that happened that day, when we sit in that courtroom and when that gavel came down, it was official. And he was given our name. Listen to me. No matter how much junk, no matter what you've done, whether you've been a good father, bad father, no matter if you've been a good daughter, a a, a bad daughter, a good son, bad son, listen to me. Jesus got on the cross and he said this, Father, forgive them. And it's available to every person now. So I'm going to ask you if you bow your heads. I'm going to ask you if you just close your eyes right now and just do this right now. Think about what your answer is to these questions today. he your father? Are you in relationship with him? Maybe you, at some point he was father. And, and, and like the story in, in Scripture, we know that there was a son who walked away. Maybe you've walked away. Let me tell you what true Father's Day is. That there's this loving God who's on the front porch today looking and waiting for you to come home. And this is what he does. He runs to you. And he puts his arms around you. He lavishes you with love. That's my father. That's why we have the best dad in the world. Is he your father right now? As we talked about forgiveness, there's people that we know it's just happened. It's life. They've done you wrong. They've hurt you. They've done things that, that, were, that were wrong to you. Listen, I'm going to ask this question today. Who do you need to forgive? And the last question again is this. Has God forgiven you? He can't until you surrender to him. He can't until you confess and receive that gift called grace. 